what I want to do today is I want to continue uh, because we started on some this morning. We're talking about uh, how, how we were made free from sin and death. And we told you what the word made free f- is so you can write that down. So if you haven't written it down, you need to write it down. The word made free means justified. So when God made you free from sin and death, it means he justified you. So I'm going to give you a lot of things today. Uh, but I want, I want to go back to connect this message to the message before. Uh, because I asked a question as we close out our next service. And we only had so much time on, on our Facebook. So I'm going to pick it up right there today. And this is what I says. I said that the believers before us, and I call Dr. Frederick Casey Price because he was the one that influenced my life, I'm going to say, at the beginning uh, for as the knowledge of God's word. You know, and I, I'm, not, I'm not excluding my pastor, Pastor Amos G. Johnson of the New Bethel Baptist Church because that was my pastor when I was here. But I discovered that I had the ministry of teacher of my life by listening to Dr. Frederick Casey Price. And God used him in my life as he had done so many people in my life. But I learned from him the message of faith. So we want to go back. We want to give you our message today. Let's go to Romans 8 first. Then we're going to go back to Romans chapter 10. And then I'm going to pick up where I was. And then we're going to show you why. Okay. You want to write these down. God began with law. So you want to see the three steps. And Moses gave us the law. And then we're going to show you that Abraham, through Abraham, we got faith. And we're going to show you why all of these things happen. Once we come into the new covenant, God now gave us grace. So don't forget those three things that I want to show you. And you have to know why God did did each, each way. Because you could not have gotten one without the other. Somebody say amen. And you have to know, we did not, God did not give us the law, but we'll speak it in context of the law, of the spirit. All right. And then we're going to show you the law of sin and death. God delivered us. So my message, once again, is how we were made free or how we were set free or how we were delivered, how we were justified from the law of sin and death. It's what I'm showing you. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 8 first. In Romans chapter 8, I want to look at the first four verses. I'm, I wanted to teach Romans chapter 8, but I'm not going to be able to get to it right now. So in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There's therefore now, this is the conclusion of Paul's ministry. Once he know about Romans chapter 6 and Romans chapter 7, it brings him. Now remember, I told you Romans chapter 6, the purpose was God gave us Romans chapter 6 to know that God did something in Romans 6. How many can remember that? I can see you have written in your Bible because if you had, you'd be able to just read it. It said, God delivered me from the law of sin. So we were saved from sin. That's Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 7, he was delivered from the law. See, those two things you need to put on your Bible so you'll know why God got to Romans chapter 8. When God says in Romans chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation. 
So he's talking about no more sin in Romans chapter 6, no more law and death in Romans chapter 7. See, he, he was, he's free now. You have to know if you're free, you have to know what, he free, what you're free from. All right? Now, this is if you're in Christ. So in Romans chapter 8, I'm coming to this camera. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So he's telling you where you got life from. From the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So he's, he's talking about the law of sin, Romans chapter 6, the, the law of death by the law, Romans chapter 7. See, this is what you're looking at. Then he says in verse 3, for what the law could not do in Romans chapter 7, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sins for flesh, for sin, and that word sacrifice for sin, that's what it means for sin. For the, and he, he, he was the sacrifice for our sin, and by doing that, he condemned sin in the flesh. And then it's because of that, that the righteousness now of the law, remember, it's the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not the flesh but after the spirit. So now he tells us it's the righteousness of the, of the law. Now let's go to 1 Peter 2.24. I gave it this morning. I'm going to give it to you again. This is what Peter meant when he said 1 Peter 2.24. We quote that all the time, but we got to know why we say it. He's not talking about a physical healing. He's talking about spiritually. So 1 Peter 2.24 told you, when we get on the screen, we're going to do it. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24 out of King James said, Who is own self? Now, when he said own self, he's talking about his soul. Remember, Christ had to die on the cross he had to die in the flesh. That means he had the soul of Adam. Let me say it again. Once he came in the flesh, he had, he had to have a soul. That's why he came in the flesh. He was born in the flesh so he could have a soul. Now, we're going to go to Isaiah 53 from this because I got to show it to you. You got to understand what happened, why Christ had to die in the flesh. You, when you come in the flesh, you got a soul. You do understand that, right? That's the only reason you came in the flesh. God, God you was already soul. God just put you in flesh. Do everybody understand that? When God, when, when man was born, when Adam was created, I'm sorry. Adam, the word Adam means soul. So when God created Adam, soul, then he put Adam in a body named dirt. Got it? All right. So that's all your flesh for is to house your soul. So God ministers to your soul. You got that? So my ministry is to your soul, not to your flesh. All right. So if I can teach your soul, the flesh act right. All right. First Peter 2, 24. Who is own self, that's soul man, bear our sins in his own body. The soul, the soul bear his sin. The soul bear your, his soul bear, carried your sin in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins. Now that's why Christ had to die on the cross so your soul could be dead to sin because we died with him. So we could live Unto righteousness. 
by whose stripe you were made whole. That would heal. Now let me show you that same thing in Isaiah chapter 53. So when you read Isaiah chapter 53, it's prophetic about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. That's what it means. So in Isaiah 53 and verse 1, the Bible says, who has believed our report? Now remember, Isaiah is ministering as prophetically the whole Bible is in Isaiah. How do I know that? How many books in the book of Isaiah? How many books in the Bible? See, if you know how many books in the Bible, you know how many books in Isaiah. That's all right. You'll learn it by and by. There are 66 books in the Bible, and there are 66 chapters in Isaiah. See, that's something you should write down. See, you, you go to church, you ought to be like this. Somebody asks you, so what did you learn today at church? What did you learn? I learned there are 66 books in the Bible because I didn't know that beginning. And then I know there were 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah, which I didn't know in the beginning. So you learned something, didn't you? All right, that's the whole bottom line. You learned something. Okay, Isaiah 53 says, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? See, Isaiah preached to, preached to Israel. So he's asking who, who believed it. And then in verse number two, it says, Christ shall grow up before him as a tender plant as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now he's already on the cross. That's what it says about him on the cross. In verse number 30, uh, 22, I'm sorry, verse 3 says, He is despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid it if it wore our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne that would born men carry it. He has carried our griefs, our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, spitting of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, hear that word again, we are healed. Otherwise, we are made whole. We like sheep. Now, how were we made whole? What does it mean to be made whole? I want to make sure you understand it. What does it mean to be made whole? A person that do not have Christ is not whole. Because a person that don't have Christ is only two. It's a soul and a body. So when you say you're going to marry a man or marry a woman, and they are not whole, they're only soul and body. They have life, but it is the life of the flesh is in the blood. So they have that life, and then they have the breath of life. So they have two lives, but they don't have eternal life. So when Christ comes inside of you, now I said this last week, and, I, and I'm, I'm just rehearsing something, because if you marry somebody that's not saved, you only have two strings of cord. Now, anybody remember when Sister Crump gave me that last week, remember? Ecclesiastes 4. Y'all going to help me out? Four and twelve. All right. I'm just seeing do you write do you take notes? Because a threefold cord is not easily broken. So you get married, what's going on here? That's why I told you about a marriage relationship last week. And if you got a marriage relationship, you got to make sure you have Christ, because if not, it's just gonna be you and her. And that's only two cords. Is that is that Ecclesiastes 412? Okay. Right. So you can only, your, your marriage can only be twisted. You get it, right? 
It's just going to be a knot, going to be twisted. But if you had Christ, you could be all wrapped up together, right? As one. All right. So you got to understand things like that. All right. Isaiah is, is in Isaiah 53 is telling us what happened with Christ. See, everything in the Old Covenant is prophetic with Christ. You know, there are people tell me, they says, Pastor, and I'm not saying if you told me this, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on you, okay? I'm just on what people tell me over 40 years of ministry. Pastor, I want you to teach a minister today on Psalm 23, because that's my favorite song. <laughs> I don't say nothing. I go on and do it. But the psalm, it ain't about you, it's about Christ. See, you, you want to hear the Lord is my shepherd. That's what Jesus is saying. See, Jesus is saying the Father is my shepherd and I shall not want. The Father making me. See, he's, he's, he's as a lamb in the old covenant. He's making me to lie down in green pastures. You ain't laying down on green pastures. But you know, I just go on and do it because you asked me because, you know what I mean? So you got to understand I, I do things, but people don't understand the word. The old covenant is, is about Christ. He restores my soul. So if he restored my soul, he renewed my soul. Because his soul died. See, if you go through the Lord's Prayer, that's why it's called the Lord's Prayer. Okay. All right, let's move on. So I don't, I don't have to go through no more. You can finish that later. All right. Now. Watch what it says. Surely, in verse number four, that's where we had Isaiah 54. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was on him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep. See, you're not sheep in New Covenant. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid up on, upon him the iniquity of us all. See, upon his soul. He's going to tell you what it was. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He's making me to lie down in green pasture. Lamb. You ain't laying down on green pasture. <laughs> He was oppressed, he was afflicted, he opened not his mouth, he was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is not dumb, is dumb, I'm sorry, is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. He made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, that that word is, to, he was put him, yet he put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul, thou shalt make his soul. That's why when you read Psalm 23, he restores my soul. He's talking about Christ. Right. He shall see the travail of his soul. He shall... Make his soul an offering for sin. That's the part I want you to see. So when God made his soul an offering for sin, why did he do that? Because he had to save our souls. So he had to give his soul to save my soul. We call it life. 
he had to give his life. To give his life, he had to give his soul to save our soul. All right. Now watch this. In verse number 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put in the grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see the, his seed. That's why Christ is called the seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul. That's why in the garden he cried, right? Because he the travail of his soul, the travail. And shall be satisfied by his knowledge of my righteous servant justify, justify many. He shall bear the iniquity. All right. So what we want to do is we want to connect this morning. So I said this morning, I said that the people before us taught law. Well, let's see what the purpose of the law was. And then we, I gave you already what the purpose of our faith was. Matter of fact, uh, that is something that we taught like a month or two ago. The purpose of our faith was, I know you know, but you, you take a little while to see if somebody that's going to say it, then you know what you're writing. That, that's not good. You write, you go and say it. I told you faith receives, right? But faith receives. See, that's something you need to write down because you got to know what the purpose of faith. I gave you the absolute the purpose of faith. The purpose of faith is to receive what grace has provided. So otherwise, if you don't have faith, you cannot receive healing. If you don't have faith, you cannot receive God's salvation. So when somebody tells you about faith, so what did our father, when I'm saying this here, I'm talking about back there when you had a Kenneth Hagin, Dr. Frederick Casey Price. Let's go back that far. Why did God allow those men to teach faith all these years? Before them, they only had the law. If I go back to Moses, Moses gave us what? The law. The law. Okay. So if Moses gave us the law, and then the people that in Romans chapter 10 taught us the message of faith. Let's do that, shall we? Romans chapter number uh, 10. And I want to start reading verse number 8 on the NLT. Because I want you to see the word message. The mess, their message was the message of faith. You hear them say the word of faith, but the word word is message. Just like you is the word of grace. It's called the word of his grace. The word of grace is message. So I, I'm giving you Romans chapter 10. I'm going to start reading verse number 8. So I want you to see, see, Old Testament, you had the way of the law. You had what? You had the way of the law. After the law came faith. Each one was to prepare for the, for the next. So God gave you law to bring you to faith. He gave you faith to bring you the grace. So if you didn't know faith, you could not receive grace. So you don't put down the people before you. You can't put down Moses. You understand what I mean? Moses gave you the law. That's what he told Israel. But the law had a reason, had a purpose. 
It was to bring us to Christ. Not us, because we weren't born yet. But it was to bring our fathers to, 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 to Christ so they can receive faith, so they can be justified. Now, since we have faith, you got to have faith so you can find grace. So you can receive the grace of God. Do everybody understand how things connect? So you don't look back there and put down Moses. You don't put down Dr. Frederick Casey Price or his father in ministry, Dr. Kenneth Hagin. All those people taught what God gave them. Now, years later, Dr. Frederick Casey Price, he was a person who influenced my life. You know that by now. Tremendously. So that's why some things I've learned from him. I gave you one of them. I'm going to see how well your remembrance are. How many know the verse of scripture that Dr. Frederick Casey Price says when he go off the air? What the, what the name of the scripture? That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying what he said. What was the name of the scripture? 2 Corinthians 5, 7. I want you to put it on the screen. I know y'all know this, but I said this once before. And I want to say, show you what it means in the NLT. We're going to go back in a minute. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7. And I want you to hear it at the NLT. I've said it before. And this is what you've got to understand. Why believing the word is so important. I know we say we do it. But how can you do things and can't remember it? Something, you know, as a pastor, that bothered my soul. Because I'm your pastor. And if you're really doing things consistent, it would bring you to remembrance. I'm waiting, I'm waiting on the strength. See, I, I don't do anything until they get to the strength. So don't you wait on me. I'm waiting on you. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 at the NNT. Read it out. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Now, the King James said we walk by faith, not by sight. But listen what the NLT said one more time. Will you read it out loud? There's a lot of us in here, you know. It said, we live by what? Believing. Come on, you have to read it to yourself. If nobody's going to hear you but you, but at least read it to yourself. We live by? Believing. See, I live, I live. By, believing, by believing, not by seeing. Not now, here's my point. If you live by believing, why ain't you believing? This is how you live. So when the word of God is coming forth, I'm not telling you what I think. I'm reading it to you. So you ought to be listening to what's going on and start believing it. You'll never change. You'll never grow in grace until you start believing the word. That's how you're going to grow. If I told you you're going to grow bigger in the flesh, I can tell you how to do it. You can do it by eating. You're not going to do it no other way. You grow in the flesh by eating natural things. And you grow in the spirit by eating spiritual things, which is the word of God. Now, you can see that easy, can't you? Now, let's go back to Romans chapter 10. In Romans chapter 10, out of the NLT. I'm showing you how Israel was made right with God because I'm going to take you back to Romans chapter 8. Matter of fact, let's do this first, then I can take you back there. 
How was Israel made right with God? Then I'm going to go to Galatians chapter number 3, 1 through 5. That's why I told you this morning we got to get there. All right. Now let's go to Romans chapter 8 and verse number 8. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. We went through that last week. You get last, not last week, this morning. You get that tape. I took you to Deuteronomy 30 and 12. We're not going back at this tape. But this is what they're quoting. It says... In fact, it says, now when it's in fact, what says? Deuteronomy 30 and 12. So if you want to write your Bible, you can put Deuteronomy 30 and 12 right there. This message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. So the message is two places. Where is it? On your lips and on your heart. Now here it is. And that message is the very message about what? Now I need your participation. You don't have to really have your message on, your mask on if nobody right in front of you. Because ain't nobody right in front of you, okay. Your mask is to protect yourself against others. So if anybody in front of you, you're okay. But you're around anybody else, you need to put your mask on. All right, here we go. So let's read it. I'm just talking about why the word is coming for. You know, it's not like the germ going to go forward and turn around and come back and get you. You understand, that's why we got you separated, right? All right, now, watch what it says. It's okay to read. It says, the message is very close at hand. It's on your lips and your heart. And that message is the very message about what? So all the people before us, which we had got into it, we, re we didn't realize that we had to move on. All the message that they preached was about one word, was it? It was about faith, faith that we preach. Now, if you read it to King James, it said word of faith. It's the message. The word, word means message. All right. Now let's keep going. It's the message of faith. We're in verse number, verse number nine. Thank you. Here, here was, here's the message of faith. If thou shalt confess with your mouth. Are you there yet? Now this is your time to read. Read. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. So they were confessing that Jesus is Lord. Do everybody understand when he said confess the Lord Jesus? You're confessing what? That Jesus is what? Lord. Okay. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the same word as shall be. Now he's talking to them under the law. Because he's saying you shall be saved. That's why I said Romans chapter 9, 10, 11 is Israel. They were saved when Christ returned. You, you are not in the shall be saved. So if you're waiting for Christ's return before you get saved, what happens if you die before we come back? Bye, bye, bye. That's why we said it. Bye, bye. <laughs> you right? All right, verse number 10. I'm sorry. Verse num yeah, verse number 10. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. Now, I want you to hear this real good. How would, how would they say under the word of faith? Or in the message of faith, by believing, write this down, by believing, listen to me, by believing in their heart, they might be saved. Listen to what it says. I don't want to misquote it. Verse 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. Believing in your heart that you are made right with God. Now, let me ask you a question. How were you made right with God? 
See, that's what I need to see. Do you understand? Their salvation is based on Romans 10, 9 and 10. Their salvation said, if you can believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus, Lord, by believing, you shall be made right with God. It didn't say shall be. Let me see it. By believing, you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Now, let's take those two words. I need you to give them back to me. Just verse number 10. Two things get said in there. Number one, it said by believing. Number one, it said by confessing. Now, if you look at your Bible, you, you can read the rest out to me. You know, it's not hard. That's what the woman said on that G5. It's not complicated. So what it said? It told you how they, how was, by believing their heart, what happened? So how were they made right with God is what I want to ask you. Now we're talking about Israel. Remember Romans chapter 9, 10, 11. Told you about Israel. How were they made right with God? By believing their heart. Let's just take that. Put down the next one because I'm coming there after with that. I want to know how were they saved? Now, if you read that same verse on out, it'll tell you and by confess. So it's not hard. It's not complicated. Could you read Romans chapter 10 on out? It has another part. Let me go to this camera over here. Let me go to this camera over here. You see the screen. Put the word on the screen because the people on the screen, the TV can see the screen. Can't you see up there it says, by believing your heart, you're made right with God. Do you see that? Now, it continues and it's about open declaring your faith you are saved. By confessing, you can't see it. It is confessing openly, declaring your faith that you are saved. So he told you how, how you were saved. My Bible says, confessing with your mouth that you are saved. All right. Now, I'm giving you those two, but I want you to see that was to Israel. Now, how do I know that? Because they told me it's believing in your heart that you are made right with God. Now, how was you made right with God if you know you know that's not you? You don't, you don't, you don't, no, no witnesses, no witnesses, no witnesses. Okay, here we go. Romans 4.25. See, you need to write in your Bible when you don't know something. I remember in school, every time a teacher says something, I'm going to write that in my Bible. Because when I go in my book, my tablet, when I go back and study that lesson, I got that. You read that same verse again, you're going to have that same question. You know why? You won't write in your Bible. I don't know why folks scared to write in their Bible. Get the ink pens I got in the storehouse. Them black ones, they won't bleed. I told you that before. Them, them, my, them the kind of ink pens I had to learn. I had to learn. I had to have something in my Bible that don't bleed. Want the urchins to pass them out or something? Y'all need something? Because that's all I use. My wife would tell you. She gave me ink pen and sign some. I don't want that. I want the one that don't bleed. All right, now here we go. Look at Romans 4.25 out of the NLT, would you? Now I told you they, how they were saved. They said by believing it in their heart, they were made right with God. Then I ask you, how was you made right with God? Here it is. He has handed Jesus over to die because of our sin. He was raised to life to make us right with God. 
So Jesus rose from the dead to make you right with God. But to them, they had to believe in their heart. Jesus is Lord to be made right with God. I said they had to believe Jesus Christ is Lord to be made right with God. Now, the last part of it says, and by confessing with their mouth, they will be saved. How will you say? Let's go look at it. Ephesians 2 and verse 4. Start right there. See, if you know how you say, you know that can't be your gospel. But the key is, you don't know how you say. You go to church all your life, but do you know how you say? One of the greatest things that I learned when I, what made me a teacher, this is what made me a teacher. I keep getting, I keep getting angry. And I say, you know what? I might as well just teach it. I don't have to worry about getting angry no more. Because I saw people don't know. They look at you and they say, I know, I know, Pastor. But then tell me, uh-uh, you don't know. Christ was raised from the dead for your justification. That's Romans 4.25. He was made, he rose from the dead to make you right with God. See, everything, your salvation is based on what Christ did. Christ died for your sin. So you don't need water. And some people are still like, I don't know why we don't baptize. You don't need water. You understand? Write that down. You don't need the water. You get that at home. Or go back in the back, we got four showers. <laughs> See if that's a problem there? But you don't need water. Because I'm going to show you in the word, 1 Corinthians 6, 6 and 11 say you are sanctified by the blood. Christ washed your soul with his own blood. So what am I doing? You got little things left? Maybe a little stuff left? You think you're washing off dirt? The thing Christ washed from your soul is spiritual. Water is washing off your flesh, not your soul. So if you got that thought that you wash your, I, I wash, now, I'm not bothered Sister Bracewell because when she first came here, she used to sing that song. Remember that sister? Step in the water. The water was cold. You heard it, have you? We, we, that's kind of stuff is how we grew up on. And then it, was, then it healed my, the water ain't nothing for your soul. What I'm just saying it. Things like that we learn and we take that song and we put it up against the word. It won't work. Christ died for our sins. He washed us with his own blood. All right, now watch this. I gave you a verse I'm going to. Ephesians chapter 2, 4. And I told you I'm giving it to you out of the NLT. That's what I'm waiting on. You got me back there? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. Here we go. It said, but God is so rich in mercy... He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, remember, we were dead because of our sins. So how are you going to wash me off with water and get rid of my sins? But that's the, what people are telling people, and they just like eating it up because they come out of a denomination that believe you wash away sin with water. I just hate to see all these folks dying going to hell. 
And he says, he gave us his life when he raised Christ from the dead. Do you see that on your, on your, on your screen? I know y'all think y'all lose your salvation if you won't look up. Come on. Even, that even though we were dead because of our sin, he gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, what did God give you his life? I ask you that every time I read 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 22, 22, I said, where did you receive Christ? What happened when you received Christ? That's when he gave you his life. He put you in Christ. And Adam all died in Christ. All is what? Made alive. He gave you his life when God raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace. Now you got to, this is really what gets you here. You have been saved. See, people can't accept that you're like, what do you mean we have been saved? Yeah. What can you, how can you say I have been saved? Because I got a cross right there. See it over there? See, see all that blood on it? You have been saved already. But the key is you have to receive the message of the cross. His death, burial, and resurrection. Why do you think he died? To save you. Well, if he died to save you, then I can look at the cross and say you, you were saved. That's why Paul is saying that. That's why this writer said this. Ephesians chapter 2. What did it say? It said by grace. He gave us his life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. Verse 6. For he raised, up, he raised us from the dead along with Christ. Do everybody see that? Well, when was you raised from the dead? I know, but when? 2,000 years ago. Just think, it's 2031, it'll be exactly 2,000 years. Remember Christ, 2030, I'm sorry, 2030. I'll be 81 years old. I already figured out. In 2030, I'll be 81 years old. That's when Christ, how long will it be when it'll be 2,000 years? 2,000 years ago, God raised his son from the dead. Well, watch what the Bible says, what happened. It says, in verse number six, for he raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realm because we are now united, united mean one, with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as an example of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us and shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Here, now verse eight, are you there? Come on, are you there? Don't kick with me. Are you in verse 8 yet? Yeah. All right. All right. God save you. Here it is. God save you by his grace. See that cross? He saved you. That's why he's called the Savior. God save you by his grace. But, but how is it going to be activated in your life? When you believe. Somebody said again. When you believe. So you have to believe. And there are people wondering about why they have not received the Holy Spirit. Because you haven't believed yet. Oh, I believe, Reverend. Yeah. Until you met another believer. And you know what they said to you. Have you received the Holy Spirit yet? Girl, I don't even receive no Holy Spirit. Well, you just told God that you did. Why do you think he has somebody else to talk to you about it? Let me tell you how God works. When you come in here talking about, yeah, I'm healed. When you get out the door, somebody asks you, how you feeling? <laughs> you said something totally different. I'm sick as a dog. <laughs> you just told the Lord over here one thing. 
You told me in the church, I'm healed. I received my healing. Well, you got to watch it because somebody's going to come and ask you over here how you feel. And it's pretty much the same day. And you'll be like, I'm sick of the dog. I'm hurting all over. If you, if, 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 once God heals you and you receive your healing, now you have to begin to agree with what God has done. Not that you saw anything. You don't have to wait till you see something because 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 said we do what? Anybody remember the verse? Now I know it said we walk by faith, not by sight, but what did I tell you it says? We live by believing and not by sin. We live by what? Believing, not by sin. So you got to come to a place that you have to start believing what the words say. If you believe what the words say, you can't be saying something different. Come on now. I ain't going to make it. I ain't going to be here long. Now where you get that from? All right, let me move on. I showed you that in verse number eight. It said, God saved you by his grace. On the screen, see it? God saved you by his grace when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. All right, let me move on, because I got to show you something else. I gave you, how will you say? Let's go to Galatia. Did I got anything else out there? Galatia 3, 1 through 4. That's what I thought, okay. Now, I want to I read this out of the NLT. Galatians chapter 3. See, I even got the Romans 6 yet. I got so much stuff for you. Romans chapter number. Oh, man. See, I want to get the Romans so bad. But Galatia. Galatia chapter number 3. Now, I want to read this out of NLT. Galatians chapter 3. Now, watch what Galatians chapter 3. Now, what message did I give you in Romans 10? Let's see you got that first. I gave you the message of faith. So you need to write that down. Romans 10, your little Bible there, you need to put the message of faith. Because Paul not preaching the message of faith. Not to you. He preached the message of faith to the Jews. And the reason he preached the message of faith to them is because they had to not deny him. They had to hold fast. Let me give you those first. Let me give you all of those. Let's do them on the screen out of the NLT. King James. Let's do them King James so you can do them real fast. I'm coming to you on the screen. We're going to go to Hebrew 3.1. Let's see, how, let's see you, can you get it. Now you're going to be ready to read with me now. Hebrew 3.1, 6 and 14. And you keep a note. Hebrew 3.1, 6 and 14. Okay. You got that written now? Okay. Look up from your heels. Come your here. Look up here. Wherefore, holy brothers, partake of the holy calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. Who, what book is that? Hebrew. Who is he writing to? Hebrew. Hebrew. It's not hard. If you got a letter, the heading says the apostle Paul to the Hebrew. It's not, it's not to you. All right, here we go. Wherefore, holy brothers, partake of the heavenly calling, consider the high priest and the apostle and high priest of your profession. The word profession means confession. Verse 6. Just six, and then we're going to go to 11 in the same chapter. But Christ, as a son of his own house, whose house we are, if we, if, look at that salvation, if we hold fast the 
confidence. We got to hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm until the end. They had to do that all the way to the end. See, I keep telling you, you don't have no end. Grace has no end. They had an end of the law, end of the old dispensation. But people are teaching folks that. We don't teach that here. All right, you don't have an end. Grace is eternal. And everything about your covenant is eternal. Eternal redemption, everything eternal. Okay, now go to verse 11. So they had to hold on, hold fast. Now watch verse 11. Paul says, so I swear my wrath. That ain't, that, ain't, that ain't what I'm looking for. Hebrew chapter number 11 and 14. 314. 314. Here it is. We are, watch, this is Hebrews. We are made partakers of Christ if. Since you see that's not true, you're, ain't no you're in your covenant. We are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence. How long? Once again, steadfast to the end. That ain't none of you. To the end was when Christ returned. That's the same thing until Christ returned. Because they will be saved when Christ returns. You are saved by grace 2,000 years ago. And yet, folk in the body of Christ still waiting on Christ. Hallelujah. You're going to die and go to hell. Because you believe in a lie. You're not believing that you are saved. You're believing you're going to be saved when Christ returns. You've been deceived. Let me come to this camera and tell you real good. You are believing a lie. If you believe in Christ's going to return, you don't believe you have received. You don't believe Christ lives in you because you're expecting him to come. You believe in a lie. Your salvation is at stake. Hebrew chapter 3, verse 11. Let's go to Hebrew 4 and 14. From here we go to Hebrew 10, 23. Hebrew 4, 14. We're all in the NLT here. Hebrew 4, 14. So then, since we have a great high priest who are entered to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. So they had to hold on to what they believe. What did they believe? The message of faith. What was the message of faith? Jesus, the Son of God. See, y'all ain't writing nothing down. I said, here's your message. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus. See, I told you, that's what your faith is. Jesus Christ is Lord. When you read Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth, what? The Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. Thou shall be, shall be, shall be saved. That's not your salvation. Your salvation is not shall be saved. Your salvation is well, you are saved. By grace are you saved. Already. All you got to do is believe it. They had to confess and believe. Watch what it says. For since then we have a great high priest who have entered into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly what we believe. They had to hold on to their faith in him. They could not deny him. That's Matthew 10, 33. Switch there and come right back. Matthew 10, 33. You can write the King James to get there. Matthew 10, 33. If they denied him, guess what he said he would do to them? How could you deny him? 
Because you couldn't. You never knew him. <laughs> when Grace, when the, when the new covenant came out, we were without God in the world. So he wasn't talking to you. So here we go. Watch this. But when they persecute you in this city, flee to another city. Verily I said to you, and that's 23. I said 33. You know I know the book now. That, that's all good because they only preach to Israel. Flee to another city. You would not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man become. That's that verse. Is he talking to you? No. He ain't tell you to go all over to Galilee, nowhere to preach no, no God. You can, okay, come on. But whosoever shall deny me, ain't none of you. You can't deny him because you've never known him. Their covenant is knowing him. I gave you Romans chapter 8, not Romans. Keep that up there for a minute. I gave you John 8, 32 and John 8, 36. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. They had to know Jesus, the truth. They had to know Jesus. So it wasn't your, your covenant. Your covenant was you know Jesus. All you had to believe. But they had to know him. The Holy Ghost was given so they would know who he is. Peter, who do men say I am? Well, who do you say I am, Peter? Thou the Christ. Flesh and blood had not revealed it to you, Peter, but my Father which is in heaven. That's why I gave you, I gave you 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse 3, that no man can say that Jesus Christ is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Only the Holy Ghost can let you know that's Lord, Jesus Lord. That's not your covenant. Thank God it's not. Jesus did not come to us. He's already come and finished his work and left. So we got to believe what he's done. It's easy to see, ain't it, when you, can, when you just see it, right? Okay, I gave you, what verse I gave you here? The last thing I gave you. Okay, no, I gave you 1038. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I deny before my Father which is in heaven. Well, who? So they know if they denied him, their neck is on the chopping block. Is Jesus the Christ? Yes. If you say it one more time, I'll cut your head off. I said, Is Jesus the Christ? Jesus is Lord. That ain't your covenant. So you're trying to get something ain't yours. You ought to be glad that ain't yours. You are not killed. Why do you think the Apostle Paul ministry was so powerful? Because he persecuted the church. He caused them to blaspheme. What do you mean? If they'll confess Jesus Lord, he would drag them down the streets. Until they, you read the book of Acts, you'll see it. They say, I don't want to hear this name about Jesus no more. If they said Jesus, Lord, they kill him. That's not your covenant. All you have to believe, believe what he done. All right. Now, what else I say, I'm going to give you? I was in Galatia, right? Galatians chapter 3, that's where I was. Verse 1, thank you so very much. Galatians chapter 3 in the NLT. Watch what Paul going to say to these people. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you or cast an evil spell on you. Now, he's talking to Galatia. He's talking to Gentiles in Galatia. Watch this. Now, he's talking to some Jews there too, but watch these people here who had, had came to, the, to grace. When Paul went back, they was on the Peter church. 
There's old Peter Church trying to get baptized in water in Jesus' name. As a matter of fact, there's Peter Church trying to get circumcised. And Paul says, you get circumcised, you are debtor to keep the whole law. Watch this here. And now Christ profits you nothing. As a matter of fact, you've fallen from grace like Adam did. See, Adam was in the spirit. He fell to the flesh. Everything he had in the spirit realm, he lost. And the devil walks back, walks around like, I got all the power. So he told Jesus, worship me, and I give you this power. He gave it to Nebuchadnezzar, all the Old Testament kings. But when Jesus comes, he said, you have no power at all except it was given to you from him that above, and that was me. So you just do what you're going to do until you can finish. I'm giving you the power so you can finish doing what you're doing. And after that, I'm going to rise from the dead. And then I'm going to take all my power back. And then I'm going to cast you in hell. Now, you won't know what happened to the devil. That would happen to the devil. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death, what is Paul preaching? Christ's death. The meaning of Christ's death would make clear to you as you have seen a picture of death on the cross. What is he preaching? Christ's death, his burial and resurrection. Let me ask you the one question. Did you rejoice? I'm sorry. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. Did you receive the Holy Ghost because you got water baptized? Of course not. Holy Ghost came on you. You never received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost never came in you because you got water baptized. Well, did you get, because you washed your feet, did the Holy Ghost come upon you? Matter of fact, there are people in the water get water baptized. They're shot right there. Just, hallelujah, <laughs> you ain't got nothing. <laughs> Holy Ghost ain't gave you nothing because you got water baptized. Just stop that lie. You, you got out there shun die, but wasn't no shun die. You just died when no shun die. Let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Holy Spirit. Here it is. Because you believe the message. I ask you a question. What was the first message? The message of faith. Message of faith. Here, here's the message you have. The message you heard about Christ. How many see the difference in the message? Come on, don't play with me now. I mean, how many can see the difference in the message? Israel's message was the message about what? Faith. Your message about Christ. About Christ. You receive the Holy Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian life in the Spirit, why are you not trying to be perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, it was it? I ask you again. Did God give you the Holy Spirit and work in miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. Once again, it's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. What was the message you heard about Christ? First Corinthians 15, you should never forget it. You heard Christ died for your sins and he was buried and God raised him from the dead because you heard that, you believed in that and God gave you the Holy Spirit. One time, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Ephesians 1.13. Is this plain and simple or what? See, if you just go by what the Bible says, stay out of these folks' churches. 
Stop getting your head all messed up. Because they're going to glory in that baptism. They'll glory in that baptism at a funeral. That man is dead. And they'll go like that. Well, I ain't worried about brother so-and-so because I know he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in water. Hey, in Jesus' in, hey, in Jesus name. Man, that man died and went to hell to you up your glory. And then you get up and say, praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord, everybody. Let's not worry about uncle so-and-so or cousin so-and-so or so-and-so because he in a better place. And I just look at my wife. I say, you ready to go? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1. Because if he is not in Christ, he is not in a better place. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 13. We are the NLT. Here we go. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth. The good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. Whom he promised long ago. The Spirit of God. The Spirit, the Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised. You're talking about eternal life. And that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify God. So we would praise and glorify God. Hey, you can receive Christ right now. Christ died for our sins. He was buried in God, raised from the dead. That's your message. God gave Israel faith, Ephesians, Galatians chapter 3, verse 19. He gave them faith. He gave them Christ. That was the purpose of the law, was to bring them to Christ or to bring them to faith. But after faith has come, you're no longer under the law. So God gave them faith so they wouldn't have no law anymore. But God gave you faith, Romans 5, 2, so you can move on unto the grace of God. Faith guarantees you can receive everything God has promised you. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.